Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Citizens of Perfectville, there might be less football being played, but Bet Online has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scored, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website. To sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just football, no. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your contract tampering, pay to lose Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, of course, the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Cullen. Doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? Um, that's hard to answer, Sam. That's a pretty loaded question with uh, what's going on. This is, I don't know whether to be happy for our podcast or be sad as a Dolphins fan. I think I'm a little both. How about you? Yeah, you know, you and I have always joked about the offseason is actually way more fun than the actual in-season content because the Miami Dolphins always deliver, at least during the offseason. So we have something to talk about. And this offseason is no different. They'd already given us the gift of firing a head coach, Chris. And now, on February 1st, earlier this week, Ryan Flores drops the bomb. The only time he's actually called up a bomb play in his life as a head coach when he files a lawsuit against Miami Dolphins, New York Giants, Denver Broncos, the entire NFL as a whole. Some strong allegations there of racism, uh, some strong allegations of gangsterism. And uh, really, I mean, there's there's so many angles to this. Who's right? Who's wrong? Uh, who do you believe? Who do you not believe? All of those fun things here, Chris. But let's just focus on what he said about Stephen Ross and the Miami Dolphins. That alone is enough to raise two eyebrows. What were your initial thoughts when this all came out earlier this week? First thought was, of course, uh, because it's Stephen Ross, and that's what Stephen Ross does. He can't. We can't have nice things. We can't have a normal owner. Uh, so, of course, uh, it, he's doing these, this mobster shit where he's inviting him in the wee hours of the night onto his yacht to meet with a tampered quarterback who is now presumably uh, known as uh, TB12, Tom Brady, who wanted to bring his talents to South Beach and end his career hoisting a Lombardi for our franchise. But instead, Flores, the Boy Scout, said no and left immediately, stomping his feet because he refuses to do any kind of extra to uh, get us (laughs) some success. And then it comes out that he offered him $100,000 per loss during our tanking season, Flores then refused. Um, there's a report that Ross told him to take a vacation mid-season, which is hilarious. What does that look like? Where he's just like, all right, we're here for the press availability on Wednesday for coach. Where is he? It's like, oh, no, there's uh, Charlie Fry. Why is he coming out? Because Flores is in Cabo. 
He just took a vacation. Fuck the team. Like, this is all just so ridiculous. It feels like someone made it up and they didn't. It's our team. You know, one of the things that you and I talked about when Brian Flores was hired was that we were afraid that he might just be a fall guy, a patsy to tank the season so that we can get those top draft picks and get the quarterback of our choice. And then he'd be fired for a coach that they actually wanted. If it turns out to be true that any of it, by the way, if any of it turns out to be true, but specifically, if it turns out to be true that he asked the coach to take a vacation, jokingly or not. Turns out we were exactly right, Chris. I mean, can you imagine the fallout? Dennis Rodman did this once when he was on the Bulls, where he took a vacation in the middle of the season and he was, you know, filleted for it. But that was kind of on brand for Dennis Rodman. Ryan Flores, if he took a vacation in the middle of a season, would never coach again. Now, you can make the argument he's never going to coach again because of this lawsuit. But holy crap, Chris. I mean, throw that aside. The fact that he tried to administer a tampering meeting between Tom Brady and Brian Flores on the yacht is bad enough. Throw in the fact that he's given him a little bit of, you know, bonus chump change up to $1.6 million to tank the season. And all of a sudden you're not only talking about breaking league rules, but possibly federal rules, Chris. And uh, I choose to believe it. I'll just jump to the next part of this topic. I don't care if Stephen Ross did it or not. There's so much dirt under the fingernails of Stephen Ross that I choose to believe any accusation about him because he's never given me a reason not to, Chris. Uh, holy shit, what a bombshell. Furthermore, just to even out the coin, Brian Flores being the uh, voice of reason when he was embedded and entrenched in New England, of all places, for 20-some-odd years and all the scandals that they had with Bill Belichick, that owner, Robert Kraft, and that franchise as a whole is kind of hilarious in its own right, is it not? Oh, it's completely hilarious because he was involved in that and now he's coming out saying he's an honest man and he, he doesn't uh, you know, want to do that. Whereas he got this bribe offer in 2019 and continued coaching for two more seasons. Um, I, I don't know what he thought he's getting out of that or not bringing it up then bringing it up after you're fired. looks like sour grapes a little bit. And uh, with the way that the league is attacking this man right now, like the giants came out with like, I read it to Charlotte last night and it took me like five minutes to read the entire thing. Not because I'm illiterate and retarded, but like, because it was that many words I couldn't, it, it took forever. I mean, they just vehemently like went after Flores' character. Uh, John Elway did the same thing for the Broncos. The NFL came out and said that there's, there's no merit to this without even investigating it after five minutes. This is just all going to be the talk of the offseason. Chris Mortensen on ESPN yesterday said uh, he could see this going into next year where yeah. this isn't resolved. So uh, this, of course, out of 32 teams, it's ours. Yay. Well, we're definitely on the forefront of it. I mean, the, the Giants and the Broncos have some serious accusations put against them, but it's all going to get lumped into the Miami Dolphins. I've taken phone calls and texts all week long since this news broke, Chris, from people who, quite frankly, haven't read the lawsuit and don't quite understand the nuances. But that's not how people work in the NFL. They hit, they right. see the headline and they're going to go after, you know, whoever in this case. Me. Well, that's the thing. I That's the thing I hate about this whole thing is that. Uh, everybody's like, yeah, these racist teams. And it's like, no, we're the ones with the black coach and the black GM. <laughs> we hired that guy, not just interviewed him for a checkbox. Uh, we're not the racist franchise. You know, they're talking about the Giants and the Broncos, but it's being lumped in with the tampering and the uh, offering money to tank. So like you said, people just gloss over it and think, oh, Miami racism. Well, and it's possible that even though we had him as a head coach and we had Chris Greer as the general manager, that there's not something like that going on. I mean, Think that there's not systemic sure. racism going on in the front offices of all 32 franchises in the NFL is to think that you know the earth is flat and water is not wet. I mean, it's there, and this is going to change the league and turn it on its head forever. 
one way or the other. I mean, this is kind of how the Rooney Rule came about. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Somebody had mentioned that this all came about originally with the Rooney Rule because Johnny Cochran was putting together a class action lawsuit against the NFL for the very reasons that we're talking about here today, which was the lack of you know, complexity and the lack of inclusion in the, in the head coach ranks. So that Rooney Rule was in reaction to that. The NFL will react to this as well. What I do find somewhat funny in a very serious situation is that at the owners' meetings every single year, these owners cannot agree on whether or not they should have you know, sudden death overtime or not, whether you should get two challenges or three challenges, all these petty in-person, in-house rules. But I guarantee they're going to put a motion on the table, fuck Ryan Flores, am I right? And that's going to pass unanimously at the next owners' meeting. I mean, they are bonding together like I've never seen at this point. Uh, to protect their own. And that's what billionaires do. They look out after other billionaires. And I'm by no means a Stephen Ross fan. But uh, I just don't know, man. It seems like maybe there's plenty of blame to go around. Maybe Flores is wrong. Maybe Ross is wrong. Maybe the league is wrong. I don't know. It's just all I know is it's I'm going to thank everybody involved because you're giving Chris and I plenty of content. Yeah. And I've slept on this now a couple of days since it came out. And at first, I was furious and like embarrassed to be a Dolphins fan and all that. And uh, the more you think about it, it's like you said this off air, Sam, yesterday. Uh, Stephen Ross might know what he's doing. <laughs> he wanted Joe Burrow, check. He's in the Super Bowl. He wanted Deshaun Watson. He's an elite young talent, check. He wanted Tom Brady to end his career in Miami with our defense already in place to possibly win a Super Bowl, check. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's Chris Greer this whole time and Ross knows what he's doing. Well, look, I mean, it, it, you can go even further than that. He wanted Jim Harbaugh back in 2011 and took the plane all the way to California to interview him and offer him the richest contract in NFL history. The problem was he already had a head coach, and Jim Harbaugh had to remind him of that in a meeting ago. Don't you already have a guy? I don't feel comfortable taking his job if he still has the job. You know, it's a fine line between being a hero and a villain, as Marvel and DC universes have told us. And Stephen Ross is just a couple of bad execution of his playbook away from being the greatest owner of all time for the Miami Dolphins, yet he keeps putting the wrong foot in front of the other, and here we are, probably the worst owner in sports in general. But he has the right play. He wanted the right coach. He wants the right quarterback. He's just going about it in a completely backwards and somehow illegal way. It's it's mind-boggling how bad he keeps, you know, fucking up. Yeah, and I think it's funny you brought up his name. Uh, I think 100% Jim Harbaugh was using Minnesota's interview as a sham to get heat off of Stephen Ross from stealing him from Michigan. So he could say, hey, look, he's going to NFL. I might as well have me have him. And then he was going to come to Miami. And that's why this odd thing is happening after this news breaks where Harbaugh just left the interview, went back to Michigan, said, hey, I'm here for the long haul. As long as you need me. Uh, that completely flipped everything around. I 100% like aluminum foil hat. That was the plan. And as I said earlier in this very podcast, I choose to believe that, whether that's true or not, because it just makes too much sense. It's too much on to. it's too much on brand for the Miami Dolphins for that not to be true. They probably had a backhand deal that look, this is how we're gonna make this happen and keep everybody happy. And uh, it turns out it blew up in their face again. So it's just it's crazy just how bad and how poor the Miami Dolphins franchise has been run over the last twenty years. And well, the common and if you think about it is Stephen Ross. Sorry to throw you down there. But um, the, the funny thing is about this too, Sam, this news broke when a certain quarterback already mentioned retired from 22 years, the NFL and wasn't the top story. We were like, it's like, I don't know if that was us or Bilicek, you know, Oh, the leak leak text, by the way, it's hilarious. We're going to talk about that, but that's a Miami Dolphins. One last shot. 
to take over uh, uh, Tom Brady's uh, fanfare and everything because no one was even talking about it. It was breaking news everywhere. Miami Dolphins coach, former coach, Brian Flores. So, yeah, hilarious. Well, one more for the Gipper, one more victory over Tom Brady for the Miami Dolphins franchise, I suppose. And that uh, that right there has got to be the most optimistic take I have heard about this entire situation there, Chris, is, well, at least we snuffed out Tom Brady one more time. Fuck that guy. Well, well, hey, look, we uh, we got a lot to talk about. And primarily, we got to talk about the fact that the Miami Dolphins still do not have a head coach here in 2020. It looks like we're down to two candidates. I swear to God, if either one of these guys says no, our uh, joke about us being the head coach might come to reality here, Chris. But we're going to take a break and we're going to review the candidates, Mike McDaniel and then Kellen Moore, and see why one or the other would be the best fit for the Miami Dolphins. We'll be back right after these words. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm about to say might shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field. He's a goat when it comes to investing too. He invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. Now you can invest just like the goat with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and even Warhol. And even greater, Art price outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 to 2021. That's right, 164%. In fact, early investors already received over 30% IRR 2020 and 2021 from the sale of two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the GOAT. Get priority access with their game day promo. Go to masterworks.art slash believe. See important disclosures at masterwork.art slash disclaimer. And we're back talking all things Miami Dolphins, the best and most proud franchise in the NFL. Nothing ever goes wrong for them. Stephen Ross is the owner that all other owners wish to be. Uh, All kidding aside, let's talk about who's left here, Chris, because Miami Dolphins, uh, interviewed six or seven people. We're down to what appears to be two. Mike McDaniel, who is interviewing with the Miami Dolphins as we speak, the offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, and Kellen Moore, the toilet baby himself, is interviewing tomorrow on Saturday, offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. Let's start with Mike McDaniel for this segment. Why is he the right guy of these two, in your opinion? Well, if you go back a month ago when me and you discussed this and Flores was fired, what I say I wanted? I wanted a coach that's fun at press conferences, that's light, that's open with the media, that makes it fun for the team, but also like an offensive genius that brings it comes in a young protege type. This guy checks literally every single one of those boxes. Ever since I said that, this guy has gone viral with his, uh, you know, speeches to reporters, drumming on the uh, the press conference uh, desk, uh, just like being kind of funny and chirpy, smart. He's weird. He's a nerd. Looks like Rick Moranis, his son. Um, but like, you know what? That's the guy. And, and I saw a tweet right before we got on the air uh, from Peter Schrager from, uh, you know, reporter and from Good Morning Football that said anywhere Mike McDaniel has been, the quarterback on the team has had their best year every yeah. single year and we're going to get to Kellen Moore but if you're going to ask me to compare the two I'm going to take the guy that has Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs not the guy loaded weapons with Dak Prescott Amari Cooper Gallup and Ezekiel Elliott I just 100% this guy has to be the guy and the best part is he wasn't just added now we we wanted to interview him for our offensive coordinator last year or the year before we brought him in for this will be our second interview all this shit went down and he's still there interviewing so we could still get our number one pick which is pretty exciting to me 
look, there's a couple of things politically that make sense for Mike McDaniel or Kellen Moore. One of them is the fact that Mike McDaniel is biracial. And right now, especially considering everything that's going on that's attached to the Miami Dolphins franchise, that does make a difference. That doesn't make it right, but it does have to be something in the consideration that we are still continuing forward with head coach candidates of color, of, you know, of a minority there. Mike McDaniel is that. Now, when you look at him, you don't necessarily see that, but that's the truth. No, that's not the number one reason either, though, but that does have to be on that list. I just that's just the reality for anybody who thinks that I'm, you know, thinking about this the wrong way. It has to be there. Number two, Mike McDaniel and what he's done in the run game for the San Francisco 49ers is unbelievable. Now, he's not going to bring Debo Samuel with him and everyone's going to make this assessment that he's going to turn somebody into Debo Samuel or he's going to find the next Debo Samuel. I'm here to tell you that's not going to happen. Teams have been trying to find the next Tyreek Hill ever since Tyreek Hill came into the league. They're one. That's it. There's a Tyreek Hill. There's a Debo Samuel. You're not going to find another one. What entices me is Mike McDaniel looking at somebody like Debo Samuel and saying, this guy's a weapon. And how do we get him the ball more often? Because I do have limitations with my quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not necessarily always going to get the ball to Debo Samuel. So how do I get the ball in Debo Samuel's hands? Well, what if I make him part of the running game and I design and scheme and create plays that highlight Debo Samuel's strength? In this case, being able to run the ball as a big ass wide receiver. And that's what I'm that's what I'm interested in is what can he do to play to the strengths of our team? And if it's yes. Jalen Waddle getting little passes in the backfield and, and basically using that as a quasi run game, great. If it's we got to get the ball down the field, like why aren't we getting the ball down the field with all these weapons? You guys have all these burners and guys you can catch. You just aren't, you know, protecting the guy to a long enough for him to throw the ball. Whatever it is, I want him to be able to figure out what the strengths are and then exploit them. So we're not going to get another Debo Samuel, but we may get our own version of that in Jalen Waddle. It's going to look different because he's built different. He has a different skill set, but that's what I'm looking forward to. The other thing that's interesting, Chris, and looking at Mike McDaniel is that you're right. He is built like a nerd. He looks like a, you know, geek squad member of Best Buy. But when you watch the videos of him with all the other coaches and he's talking about emphasizing blocking in the wide receiver game and working together as a team, he's dropping F-bombs every other word. He sounds like a football coach, even if he doesn't look like your traditional version of one. Well, and, you know, your main takeaway is they have to be fat and he doesn't eat vegetables like at all. The only vegetables he eats, Sam, are French fries. So this guy's either mentally fat or on his way to being fat. Maybe it'll take a midnight oil burning head coaching job to get him there. Not advocating for this poor guy gaining weight. Uh, but yeah, you're right. This guy comes in. He, he's smart. He knows what he's doing. And I said this when I talked about him a month ago. Um, we don't need a guy anymore to come in and be that rah-rah Dan Campbell type. You know, some teams that fits, sometimes they don't. You know, there's been plenty of Super Bowl winning teams with like 80-year-old coaches. You know, like uh, Bobby Bowden won multiple national championships. He had to ride a golf cart around practice. He wasn't like enticing and getting people excited. Those guys do it on their own. The professional athletes are paid to play. Now, can he sit down and put them in the best position to win by maximizing our team's strengths? Yeah, he could do that. And there's nothing better for a professional athlete to know his coach is maximizing his ability. And if he can do that, the players will respect him. They will trust him and they'll go out and win games for him. And that's all we need. And he really is, in my opinion, the right guy for the job. Well, and I really love that one clip where he's talking about emphasizing blocking with the wide receivers. And he talks about if the wide receivers on this specific play don't block, don't do their assignment, it's a four yard run. 
But because they block the cornerbacks and the safeties, it's now a touchdown run. And what do you want to be? You want to be a team that runs four-yard plays every single play? We can be that. But if you just do what you're supposed to do, we're going to be a team that scores touchdowns in the run game. And it's going to be dynamic, and that opens up everything else. And having that ability to explain that and show it, right? So you're on their level. You're not demanding without any sort of reason behind it, not just make your fucking blocks, you know, or make your fucking kicks and kicking the kicker like Urban Meyer does, but actually showing them (laughs) this is why it's important. Professional athletes, I think, are going to resonate with that. And I think they're going to go, you know, okay, this makes sense to me. So those are all the reasons why Mike McDaniel makes sense for the Miami Dolphins right now. What's a reason why Mike McDaniel doesn't make sense for the Miami Dolphins head coach? Is there anything out there that makes you go, hmm? Yeah, if he doesn't fucking want it. I mean, honestly, that's my biggest – that's my nightmare. I was excited. They said he arrived in Miami last night. I was like, whew. All right. Well, well, he's he's still coming. So, you know, that's the biggest fear, man, is all this stuff up in the air. Um, you know, do you want to be attached to a possible lame duck owner and you're going to have a new one come in that's going to want to bring in his own front office that might want to bring in his own head coach? Uh, or are you going to look at this like, finally, I've been in the league for 15 plus years and this is my opportunity. I don't care if there's a little bit of rough in the background. I got to take it, prove myself and then possibly either latch on elsewhere or uh, the new group will stick and let me stick around. But uh, that's my biggest fear. I, I don't think other than like I can hear other people saying, you know, he's not that guy that can like lead a room. I don't even know what that means. You know, like if you get up there and you say the right things, you break it down with purpose, they'll listen to you and they'll follow you. Cause you know what? I know Brian Flores was really cool when he ran on the field against the Bengals to fight the team, but you're not going to do that every game. You know, those guys go out and play, not the coach. So just put me in the right spot to be successful and I'll follow you wherever you go. It'd be funny if in that same scenario, Mike McDaniel actually shows his wide receivers who to block so he could run through that scrum against the Cincinnati Bengals and get to the appropriate person. Uh, you know, the only knock that I see with Mike McDaniel right now is the experience in terms of being a play caller. I don't know how much that makes sense as a head coach. I mean, sure, you want your offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator to probably go beyond just making the schemes up uh, and creating the plays, but also making the play calls as well. He's never done that. So I think some people think, well, it, what really is the success of this San Francisco 49ers offense? Um, uh, as an example, if Kyle Shanahan's the one calling plays, well, as a head coach, he can decide whether he wants to call plays or not, or he can have his offensive coordinator do that. I don't know if it's that big of a deal, but that would be one knock. The other one I think is the obvious one here, Chris, the Miami Dolphins have gone first time head coach, I think five hirings in a row now, and they've never worked out whether it's because they're not patient enough or it's the wrong fit or whatever the case may be. Are we just repeating history, hoping for different results. And that's the concern that I would have with Mike McDaniel in this case. Yeah. Stephen Ross needs to be a little jokester here. And if he hires him, put in a uh, clause, he gets a hundred thousand dollars per win. <laughs> See, that would have been the right thing for Stephen Ross to do. Say, Hey, why don't you, uh, or, you know, at least go like, I don't know if you're going to pay a hundred thousand for loss, 200,000 for win. And that way it looks a little more equitable once, once the investigation happens. Well, my thing is I love the photos of 2019 of Steven Ross after a victory, handing the ball to Flores, shaking his hand with this fake smile. You know, yeah. it's one of those things. He brings him in for a hug. And he's like, nice job, nice job, motherfucker. Like, yeah, you know, that's what he's doing. The ball. It should have been $100,000, but here's a ball instead. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> you know how many balls $100,000 buys, you asshole? <laughs> uh, well, speaking of assholes, we do got to talk about Kellen Moore and some of the <laughs> asshole play calling he had against those very same San Francisco 49ers in this playoffs. We're going to go take a break, pay some bills, come back, and take a look at the other candidate, the other finalist for this job, offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Be back right after this. I'm glad the bird found me funny. <laughs> Fucking girl. Citizens of Perfectville, I ask you this question. 
What's more important than peace of mind? <laughs> Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. That's right, under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. That's right, 70% off plus an additional month for free. That is insane. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So head to nordvpn.com slash believe and secure your online presence. All right, we're back, Chris, and it's been an action-packed, fun-filled version of Welcome to Perfectville here on the Believe Podcast Network. We've already gotten into all the craziness surrounding the Miami Dolphins, Stephen Ross, Brian Flores. We uh, talked at length about Mike McDaniel, his positives, maybe his negatives as a head coach for the Miami Dolphins. He's interviewing as you and I are speaking. Uh, but there's another guy tomorrow, Chris, on Saturday that's going to be interviewing as well. Another finalist, kind of a surprise name given, uh, well, given the candidates that were out there or rumored to be out there for the Miami Dolphins. And that is, of course, the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, Kellen Moore. Uh, up until Tua was the last starting quarterback in the NFL to throw from the left hand. He has an offense there in Dallas that was remarkably better than the Miami Dolphins this past season. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, and those trio of wide receivers certainly help. Uh, what are the case? What's the case for Kellen Moore to be the head coach for the Miami Dolphins? Look, I'll preface this with um, I want nothing to do with this guy, so this is going to be like <laughs> tough to even get through. Um, but look, he's a young guy. He played football in the league. He played quarterback, so that's a plus. Uh, he learned under some you know good, a decent coach with uh, Jason, uh, whatever Garrett, and um, now Mike McCarthy. Uh, now Mike McCarthy. So um, being around a big program with a lot of pressure, been in pressure games, uh, has had to be flexible when his starting quarterback went out for the year and um, try to maximize what he could do with Andy Dalton as backup. So he's got experience doing those things. Um, all positives for me, but really, that's it. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I mean, he's like 15 years old. I don't. I, he looks like he's in One Direction. Like, I have no idea, like, what else there's a positive for. Well, I'll throw maybe a couple extra bones on the Kellen Moore uh, fire here, just because it seems unfair and unequitable, although I happen to agree with you about who the candidates are and who I am leaning towards at this point. But I will say this. Kellen Moore is a left-handed quarterback, so is Tua Tungavailoa. There's not a lot of people that can actually physically show you how to do certain things when you're left-handed. You know, and when you are left-handed, like I am, you tend to gravitate towards those people because when you get advice from them, they're standing the same way you are. They're throwing the same way you are. It's easier to mimic. So if the intention is for our head coach to spend extra time with our quarterback, Kellen Moore probably checks a little bit more of those boxes than Mike McDaniel because he played in the league as a left-handed quarterback, didn't have the strongest arm, neither does Tua. So they have some things that they could actually talk about, some ways to maybe hide weaknesses uh, how to throw in between tackles and, and guards as opposed to over the top stuff like that. 
So I do like that. That is a little bit intriguing. I would also say that that offense for the Dallas Cowboys did do a pretty good job with Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator. Now, how much of that is pure talent? How much of that is Mike McCarthy? How much of that is Kellen Moore? I don't really know. Um, But I'll also say this, and this is one thing that Mike McDaniel doesn't have going for him that Kellen Moore does. Take it for what it's worth. Kellen Moore did get more interviewing opportunities this coaching cycle than Mike McDaniel did. Kellen Moore actually interviewed for the Jaguars job as well. So on some level, it's not just the Miami Dolphins being interested in this guy. He seems to have some sort of plan and has some sort of cachet behind him that other teams, maybe poverty franchises like the Jaguars aside, have some sort of interest in him. And that's got to mean something, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, I think it has a lot to do with Trevor Lawrence being a young quarterback um, and wanting to bring in a guy that had success in the or played in the league. <laughs> I won't say success, uh, played in the league, so understands the pressure and things like that. I think a lot of it too is he's on the Cowboys. Like that's yeah. just like you know, on they're on TV all the time. And uh, Khan just seems like the type of owner that was almost like a Stephen Ross, where you're like, oh, I see him on TV all, every week. He must be doing something right. We need to bring this guy in. Uh, ultimately he didn't get the job um, and, and they, they moved on pretty quickly too. So that's kind of a, like a, eh, like he got an opportunity, but maybe a little too young whippersnapper, maybe the next go around. Yeah. And it's possible that this is just one coaching cycle too early for Kellen Moore, right. uh, which is actually kind of a nice transition into why is he not the guy for the Miami Dolphins? Well, I don't, I mean, this is just one of those, he has a lot of question marks, um, he hasn't been in the league coaching as long as McDaniel. He doesn't have that experience. Uh, I just don't know if it's the right time right now, especially you talking about um, you talking about first time head coaches um, and whatnot, and um, you know doing that again. Yes, we'll be doing the same thing with McDaniel, but this guy's almost two decades in the league and been in big games with big te- good teams. Um, and, and honestly, the the Cowboys have uh, lacked to meet expectations. You know, their offenses, I mean, they're one and done in the playoffs. Uh, You have all that talent, all that firepower, all those resources getting put into it from the owner, and you lose to the 49ers. Like, I mean, in the play call with the the fake spike or the spike, and I mean, who knows if that was him or if that was Dak taking control. My thing is, it's just the Cowboys are one of the most underwhelming teams in the last what, since the 90s? I mean, with the hype they get every year, uh, not blaming all that on Kellen Moore, of course, but, you know, I feel like he's hyped up because of the team he coaches. And if you actually look through everything, the lack of meeting expectations is what really worries me. Yeah, and I look at this through the landscape of Matt, uh, Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, had his own problems in that game against the 49ers, was in demand for a head coaching job immediately comes back to the Dallas Cowboys and basically re-ups. And Jerry Jones made it very evident and very clear that he wanted Dan Quinn to stay in Dallas. We haven't seen that with Kellen Moore. And that, to me, is alarming that the offensive coordinator uh, for this Dallas Cowboys team, uh, Jerry Jones like, sure, man, go out and get it. Get the bag if you can secure it. We'll just replace you with, you know, uh, a football if uh, if we absolutely have to. And that, to me, is kind of telling because it doesn't seem like Jerry Jones or anybody uh, for the Dallas Cowboys is really clamoring to get Kellen Moore back, which tells me maybe he wasn't as impactful or influential on that offense as, you know, maybe a, a normal offensive coordinator would be. Also, you can't put everything on one play 
but I still don't know what the fuck they were doing with that run play at the end of the game against the 49ers. There's just, I mean, the percentage of that being successful is probably about 2%. And uh, you got to play a better averages than that. You know, you're getting too cute at that point. And that's the last thing I want is for us to somehow like try to do a, a fake punt when the, the play is to pin the team deep and we lose a game because of a bad decision. Um, and, and who knows, maybe that's something that a 33 year old guy does, but if he waits another cycle and he's 34, 35, 36, he's got a little bit more experience, a little bit understanding of how the game is to be played from the coaching perspective. And he can be the coach three years from now for the Miami dolphins. When we fire Mike McDaniel, just a thought. <laughs> well, yeah. And actually speaking of McDaniel, McDaniels, the coach from the new England Patriots in his press conference with the now uh, new coach of the Las Vegas Ra- Raiders, when asked why he failed in Denver his first time, he said, I didn't know how to handle people, how to treat people, how to, how to be that head coach. And I don't want to be the Broncos to, to Kellen Moore's McDaniels, <laughs> right? Like, so, yeah, I think he's too young. It's too early. He has not had that experience. I like that McDaniels been on multiple teams in multiple coaching rooms and with multiple owners and GMs and has had success everywhere he's gone. Kellen Moore has only been with the Cowboys. So I I just, there's, there's no, they don't even measure up in my opinion. The irony of Josh McDaniel saying, I didn't know how to treat people. So I go back to new England and learn under Bill Belichick, how to treat people. Oh, Josh McDaniels, will you ever learn? Probably not, but God bless you for it. Uh, So, Gun to your head. This is going to be the easiest question I ask you for this entire podcast here, Chris. We've gone through the positives and the negatives of both finalists. Mike McDaniel, Kellen Moore, who should be and who will be the next head coach for the Miami Dolphins? Um, It has to be McDaniel. Like, I just, if those are your only two options, (laughs) so we're not like scouring for a college coach at at, at the last minute, we need to get a guy in there now, uh, get him going, get him, get him, get his staff on board and uh, start studying the, the off-season tape for free agents and rookies. And uh, it's got to be McDaniel, in my opinion. I think he's been with Shanahan long enough. Uh, he's ready to go spread his wings and do his own thing. And, uh, yeah, I, I, that's my hope and my prediction as well. I agree. I, uh, I, I kind of hope they cancel the interview tomorrow with Kellen Moore and just go forward with Mike McDaniel after today. I hope he knocks their socks off and they go, you know what? We've heard everything. There's nothing Kellen Moore can do or say to change our mind. And we get some good news on a Friday night. Uh, but chances are we won't have it until next week. But until then, I'm going to go with you. Mike McDaniel should be the head coach and Mike McDaniel will be the head coach for the Miami Dolphins. Chris, anything else you want to say on this very special edition of On the Road with Welcome to Perfectville? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I know that raced, it's coming. Uh, those weren't sound effects. We're not uh, that Kramer guy on C- CNBC. Uh, Sam took us camping. So a, a nice little hike, nature trail of California. And uh, I appreciated the natural feel of the show. It was really good. Well, it's interesting as I am walking, we're, do- we're recording this while I'm walking on my phone. So the audio is a little bit different. You're probably hearing birds chirping. You might hear wind whipping through. You might hear kids and school bells because I'm surrounded by a, an elementary school, a preschool, a middle school and a high school in this park here, Chris. And I keep walking while I'm talking and then I get very close to one of these schools. and I can see a yard duty and security guards looking at me like, who the hell are you? And I'm like, oh, turn around, go the other way. So, yeah, there's uh, there's quite a bit of background noise and ambiance on this episode of Welcome to Perfectville. But that's how it goes. We love you. We would never miss an episode for any of you, the citizens of Perfectville. So here we are. Yeah, next time find a fucking library, dude. (laughs) (laughs) That's what people want at the library, you know, studying their porn inside of a quiet room and me yelling about Mike McDaniel or Kellen Moore. That's uh, that would be inappropriate, Chris. 
Yeah. Uh, I go to the library and I had to shush this guy multiple times talking about the fucking Miami Dolphins for 40 minutes. Like, Jesus Christ. Couldn't concentrate on my boundary. All right. Well, uh, since you have nothing else to say, I guess the only thing left to say on behalf of Chris Collins, Sam Marku, and the entire Believe Podcast Network is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.